Three years since 2020 saw organizations focus on digitization, payment efficiency, security, and cash forecasting. Now, with continuing uncertainty in 2023, how are CFOs and treasurers calibrating their strategies in the years ahead to reflect the desires for growth and profitability, a return to business as usual in the face of unpredictability and market volatility? Joining us today on Podcast for Future CFO is Mr. Kabir Ahmed Shakir, Chief Financial Officer for Tata Communications, to help us find better ways to manage capital in times of persistent instability. Kabir, welcome to Podcast for Future CFO. Thank you, Alan. Good to be here. Briefly, you could tell us a bit. Can you elaborate for us what exactly is your role as CFO at Tata Communications? Well, I mean, uh, I do have the typical role of any CFO of, of, you know, having the responsibility for overall financial management of the company. But the way I see it is uh, today, very aptly with your own title of future CFO, I think CFOs are becoming chief future officers of the company. They are probably, you know, the people who are showing the mirror to the organization that if at the speed at which you are, you know, traveling, are you able to reach the destination ahead of time, well ahead of your competitors, or are you going to go and crash land, you know, somewhere, right? So, and you're going to run out of fuel, you know, soon at the rate at which you're going and you'll not reach the destination. So I guess my joy and inspiration comes from steering the organization towards the future, ensuring dynamic resource allocation, and most importantly, uh, performance management. Yeah, that is where, you know, I, I get a lot of energy from. What is that top of mind for the CFO this year and how does it compare to the last couple of years? Well, I would say there's one agenda that should stay constant and focused is growth. There is no value creation in direct restructuring and cost efficiencies, although uh, those are table stakes and you need to do that. I've been born and brought up with a very simple thought that if there is a cost that is not facing the consumer, it is, if there is a cost that is not adding value to the consumer and it has no place in your PNL. So as a CFO, you need to bring that hygiene to the table mm-hmm. and that's what the boards and the CEO expect you to do any which way. But once you have done that, then the entire focus to, uh, is towards how do I enable growth? How do I shift this organization to a very different trajectory and how do I unlock those potential opportunities for growth and how do I continue to delight my customers? And if that vocabulary gets into the CFOs and the finance team's lexicon, then the uh, company is unstoppable. In times of crisis, cash is king. This phrase, is it still relevant in an increasingly digital world? And have you noticed any significant shift in attitude and approaches as it relates to capital strategy, for example, vis-a-vis the digital transformations that seem to continue to evolve and mature? Well, I'll give you a slightly, you know, more different twist to that cash is king, Alan. I have been brought up with a slightly different version of this, which is sales is vanity, profit is, you know, sanity and cash is reality. So I don't take away from what, you know, we need to do to drive revenue. I just talked about how important revenue growth is, but cash is the reality. And it is not just in times of crisis. In times of crisis, what happens is it just separates, you know, the strong from the weak. And you're just, you know, stripped naked uh, in how you have managed your balance sheet and therefore the weaker ones die. That's what happened in the pandemic. It showed us that it's not the profitable companies that survive, it's the liquid companies, you know, that survive, which therefore means to say how well you have been managing your cash. At Tata Communications, what we have done is 
we have just extended our regular metrics of deal profitability to deal cash flow. Mm-hmm. So we no longer approve deals only on the basis of profitability, but we also extend the deal to its cash flows and then say, does this pass the asset test on the thresholds that we want for this deal to return cash to the company and how fast you know it returns you know cash to the company and that's the basis in which we have managed you know i would say through the crisis since you mentioned treasuries and one of the things that organizations appear to see as a growth strategy includes mergers and acquisitions mnas now not surprisingly the last couple of years of the pandemic the snp reports that the overall impact saw a decline of 11% in deed value and 24% in transaction value uh, last year anyway and globally morgan stanley is saying that they expect mnas to be muted in the coming year however the interesting bit here i have to say is pwc says mna tends to slow during times of uncertainty yes but those that take advantage of it. There's actually good valuation and these can become attractive uh, uh, opportunities for organizations. In your opinion, are CFOs and leaders being prudent or overly cautious where they slow down mergers and acquisitions? Or is, in your view, is it still, is, that's just the way things are? Well, Alan, I think we need to provide a bit of context to both these statistics that you actually provided. First and foremost, I am going with a very, very big assumption that you are managing a business well and you're keeping your balance sheet in a hygienic and clean condition. If you have that, then the ability for you to dream about how to use that cash, even in times of crisis, you know, becomes the, the focal point. If you don't do that, then you are scrambling towards how do I manage my internal businesses and therefore you are even starving your business for the BAU, CapEx you know, and investment that it's needed. Where is the place for you to talk about you know, M&A? And that is probably the reason why we talk about statistics of M&A slowing down. But great organizations in times of crisis also see that the level playing field has now shifted. The weaker ones are exposed. You have opportunity to go and acquire distressed assets at much lower valuation. And if you have been maintaining and doing your balance sheet well, then it gives you the space for us to go and acquire you know, some uh, good targets, right? Again, I would give the example of what we have done at Tata Communications is three years ago when there was a change in leadership and Lakshmi came in new, a few months later, you know, I followed. We put together a, a finance strategy and in the finance strategy, the core of it was fit to grow. How do you become fit enough, you know, as an organization to grow not just today, but continue to sustainably grow for years to come? And in that focal you know, point since you talk about M&A, we said the internal cash generation of the company should be able to fund 50 to $100 million of tactical bolt-on acquisitions on an ongoing basis every year. Now, that was not the case, you know, two, three years ago, we had a blank slate because of our weaker balance sheet. But today, I can tell you, I'm proud to say that just based on internal cash accruals, we announced a deal which will close hopefully, you know, in the next month. We announced a deal back in December for about close to $60 million, which is entirely going to be funded through just efficient balance sheet, better working capital management, and all internal accruals, not a pie taken from any debt or equity shareholders. 
We had uh, three years of muted growth, if not declines, for most organizations. This year, uh, we have inflationary concerns coupled with, of course, continuing uncertainty in other parts of the world, including what appears to be sort of like hints of possible new financial crisis that stem from bankruptcies in the U.S. How do you see CFOs shifting their capital management strategies to reflect the continuing, albeit different kind of crisis in 2023 and beyond? Well, I would put the biggest emphasis on liquidity, Alan. Yeah. Uh, end of the day, look, all these long-term plans are all good and great. But end of the day, long-term plans are nothing but resource allocations. So you need to survive today. You need to be, you know, and the other part of my strategy on finance is fit to compete. Now, fit to grow cannot happen when you are not fit here and now, right? Mm. So you need to be able to generate your returns, your revenue growth, your profitability on a near quarter, you know, quarter to quarter basis and not park everything for the future. And therefore, capital management becomes the center point, you know, of how we do it. And having the ROI mindset and pushing the ROI mindset to the lowest level in the organization. Now, ROI is, again, this is what separates great organizations from the not-so-great ones. In the not-so-great ones, ROI is seen as a finance metric. In great organizations, ROI is seen as a business metric. And when you bring the ROI mindset to every individual in the organization, automatically capital management is taken into account. In your opinion, what will be the three capital management trends in 2023? And to what extent do you see technology supporting these trends? Well, I would say as we are walking in the news of recession in Europe, in US, plus the not so good news that you heard from the banks, um, with all of those things put a lot of stress. And coupled with it, the Fed is not relenting on its interest rate hikes. So you do have the external environment, which is quite choppy. You have the external environment, which is extremely volatile and a lot of uncertainty that seeps in. So it is but natural that boards and and CFOs are looking at how do I conserve cash and how do I prudently invest cash? So capital management is definitely at the front and center. Having said that, I think there is clearly a continued investment and push in digital and in technology. So... They are, of course, sacrificing or I would say making heavy trade-offs in other areas, but not when it comes to digital and technology, because in a way, there is a fear of missing out. In a way, there is also robust digital transformation plans. And these were multi-year journeys that they have signed up to a couple of years ago. And this is a one-way street. You've got into it and you can't exit, you know, midway. And therefore, you need to continue to fuel, you know, those investments that you had promised earlier. And therefore, I would believe and not because I'm conflicted that, you know, we are in the tech space that we would want to be spent, but I would like to believe, and this is what I actually encourage my sellers as well, to go and talk to the customer organizations and say, whatever you do, do not compromise or sacrifice on the digital capital that you need to spend to bring your organization ready for the future. What is your advice for CFOs as well as those in charge of capital strategies in terms of how would they do a better way of managing capital in times of persistent instability, whether it's this year or years ahead? Well, look, we talked about, of course, capital investments, which is fixed fixed capital. And, you know, I would also like to, you know, shed a light on, on working capital. And sometimes, look, um, you know, Alan, I think we do a disservice by calling it working capital management. I don't call it working capital management. I call it improving cash conversion cycle, right? Because working capital management, again, gives a connotation that it is a finance and a supply chain task. The moment you call it 
cash conversion cycle, you give a business connotation. Suddenly, the ownership enlarges beyond finance and supply chain and every person you know in the business takes accountability for turning around that cash better so so it is i think having that focus if you are a consumer driven company and you are sitting with huge inventories right and making the investment in demand sensing algorithms and capabilities for your organization which can optimize you know your stock in yet improve customer service in your collections be hawkeyed because in the times of crisis you do not know where bank bank you know bankruptcies you know emerge right so therefore you need to be extremely rigorous in review of the credit situation of your customers and decide where you want to expose the organization and where you not at the same time i think this is not the place where you should pay your creditors late you should pay them on time and of course you should negotiate with the banks and bring the right structures in supply chain financing you know all of that bit you can actually bring in in order to you know to improve that particular space but paying them late or you know or negotiating even higher credit terms is not something which i'd like to do because what you're doing is you're killing the ecosystem you're taking the cash out of you should improve the cash conversion cycle through efficiencies mm-hmm. efficiencies as a system not just for you but for the ecosystem you know included but you do not do that by using your negotiating muscle and hurting the other person because end of the day we have to all succeed our customers our vendors ourselves the entire ecosystem needs to succeed and and i would say please have a lot of focus on you know improving cash conversion cycle for the organization kabir thank you very much for joining us on podcast for future cfo thank you very much alan That was Mr. Kabir Ahmed Shakir, Chief Financial Officer for Tata Communications on the topic of better ways to manage capital in times of persistent instability. You are listening to Podchats for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now. Music